0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 1 called The Problem of Evil. 42
1: chapters of the book of Job. It's the problem of evil and the power of the gospel. The only way that you can solve the problem of evil is through the power of the gospel. And here's what I do know. I know that our Savior entered into our pain in the person of Jesus Christ. And of all the question marks that I have in my heart and soul about this fallen, broken world, uh, people who get prayed for and get healed and others who get prayed for and do not, all the question marks. Uh, Lee Strobel was on with Greg Laurie, and Lee's written a book called The Case for Miracles, and there's some incredible uh, verified cases of miraculous healing in that book. And Lee went out and interviewed a woman who uh, had a terrible disease. She was, it, it had, I'm trying to remember the name of the disease, but it had curved her hands in, her, her uh, legs were deteriorated, no more muscle, nothing, She was miraculously healed, and Lee Strobel said, hey, my wife's had fibromyalgia for over 20 years. Why were you healed and not my wife? And the woman said, I don't know. And I think that's a very honest answer. God is sovereign. Why did Job go through what he went through? God had ultimate purposes for us to learn from Job's experience because the one thing that you're not going to get out from or away from in this life is suffering. This life is going to have some measure of suffering for all of us. And the question is going to become for each one of us, what do we do when we face the suffering? Who do we turn to? Will the suffering cause us to turn away from God or turn to God? And so that's what the book of Job's about. It's not just about the problem of evil. And evil is a problem, let's face it. Uh, you you uh, and and I look at it in the newspaper on the news reports every day and we're faced with it all the time and, and some of our non-christian friends are asking these deep questions as well what do we do with the problem of evil if God is good why evil all these questions we're going to tackle many of them as we go through this book we're going to let the book speak and lead us through the questions so I'm not going to do a lot of introductory stuff tonight but I'm going to show you just a couple of New Testament passages before we get into the first chunk of chapter one. We're going to go up to verse 12 tonight, so not a big chunk, but we're opening with this problem of evil and the power of the gospel. Let's pray before we do anything further. Father, thank you for each precious person that's come out tonight. Uh, Each one of them can relate to Job in some way. All of us can, Lord. But thank you that you came to this world and suffered way beyond what Job suffered. Really incalculable suffering. And you did it because you came to bear our griefs, to take our sorrows. And one day, Lord, we know you're coming again and you're going to reverse the curse and death will die in the resurrection. And there will be no more mourning, no more pain, no more disease, no more death. The former things will have passed away. And that's our great hope as believers. We're not just living for now. We're living for eternity. And tonight, Lord, as many of my pastor friends have said over the years, eternity is too long to be wrong about your soul. So I pray that anybody who doesn't know you tonight will find you even in the pages of the book of Job. We lay this entire series at your feet as we go verse by verse through what you breathed out May we take it in, and may it be for our eternal benefit and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. I want to take you to a couple of New Testament passages. First, Romans 15, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. The question, why do we study the book of Job? Uh, I was praying, and, you know, as we finish a book, and we just finished Esther, Job is the next book, so is that why? Well, I looked at the book, and I said, Lord, really, Do you really want me to teach Job? No, that can't be you, Lord. No, it can't be you. Let me pray some more. No, that can't be you. And I keep coming back to Job, Job, Job. So here we are. So why do we study a book like Job, or for that matter, any Old Testament book? This is Romans 15.4. Romans 15.4 says, Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance, And the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We studied the Bible. We study what was written in earlier times. We get instructed so that through through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. You might think this a little bit odd, but you're going to find some encouragement in the book of Job. You're going to find that Job actually will say in the book, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know he's alive. And I know that I'm going to see God. And even after my flesh is destroyed, I'm going to see God. And so Job is going to make some incredible proclamations of faith in the midst of suffering. Wouldn't you agree that probably the most powerful testimonies of faith that we've ever seen in the world have not been given or articulated by people who are on the top of the mountain? Amen? When you can see someone articulate strong faith in the Lord, even in their suffering, that's probably the most powerful testimony of all. Now, I'm not saying to you it's easy, and I'm not saying to you that I invited into my life because I, I really don't. We used to be in prayer circles. If you turn over to 1 Corinthians in the next book to your right, with a youth pastor's wife, and whenever she was getting too comfortable We'd be in a circle and she'd pray, "Lord, send me a trial. I'm too comfortable." "Lord, send me a trial. I'm too comfortable." And I would release her hand immediately, and I would articulate these words: "I will not say the amen to that prayer. That has nothing to do with me, Lord. Right? I don't. I don't want to invite any of that. (laughs) But she had that kind of faith that she felt like when she was getting too comfortable, she needed a trial." to cause her to lean back into God. 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Speaking of the wilderness wanderings of Israel, 10, 6. Now, these things happened as examples for us. 1 Corinthians 10, 6. So that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. This is uh, our Sunday morning message actually is uh, in this section. And then 11, same chapter. Now, these things happened to them as an example And they were written, notice, for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he does not fall. And then all the way to the book of James, a little bit more to your right. James is commenting on Job, and he's addressing the wider subject of suffering and unjust suffering. This is James 5, verse 10. And uh, as you turn there... I think you you can see in our world right now and in the church that we have kind of three gospels being preached in our world. We have a prosperity gospel being preached, largely on television, some on radio, that tells you that if you follow the Lord, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, um, you're never going to get sick, everything's going to be cool in your life, and that prosperity gospel is simply false. It doesn't hold up to the light of scripture, nor to the light of reality. Now, God does want to bless you, no doubt, but you are not always going to be healthy. You're going to have times in your life when maybe it's tough to even get by. And that will probably, in many cases, have little to do with your spiritual walk with the Lord. Some of that does, and this is where some of the prosperity teachers go wrong. They take principles from the scripture, but then they take them to the nth degree when they just don't fit. So you're going to see that. You're going to see, secondly, in our world, dominated in church culture, something called the therapeutic gospel. And this is that every time you walk into church, the pastor's goal is to make you feel better about yourself, your life, and anything that's going on in your life, whether it's good or bad or ugly or indifferent, they want you to feel good. It's the therapeutic gospel. So every time you leave church, you should be feeling like you went through a therapy session is the idea. But that's just not the case if you go through Scripture. You're going to have to carefully pick and choose and probably repeat sermons over and over again because the Bible's filled with a lot of hard reality and a lot of challenging truth, amen? And then there's something what I would call the third option, which is the true gospel. And the true gospel is going to be filled with joy and blessings beyond what we could even ask or imagine. But it's also going to take us to depths and cause us to look at humanity and even our own hearts with the reality of what the gospel says. We are fallen people in desperate need of a savior. And if we can understand that this is what the Bible teaches, then we will have the correct gospel, which sometimes will include suffering and in many cases will include joyous um, blessing that it's almost hard to imagine that God has blessed some of us the way he has. This is Ash in his commentary. Every pastor knows that behind most front doors there lies pain, often hidden, sometimes long and drawn out, sometimes very deep. A few years ago, a pastor was discussing how to preach a passage from Job with four fellow ministers. When he looked around at the others, for a moment he lost concentration on the text as he realized that one of them some years ago had lost his wife in a car accident in the first year of their marriage. The second was bringing up a seriously handicapped daughter. The third had broken his neck and had come within two millimeters of total paralysis, or death six years previously. The fourth pastor had undergone repeated radical surgeries that changed his life. As his concentration returned to the text of Job, he thought, this book is not merely academic. It's both about people and for people who know suffering. Robert Gordis writes, the ubiquity of evil and, and its apparent triumph everywhere gives particular urgency to the most agonizing riddle of human existence, the problem of evil, which is the crucial issue in biblical faith. He calls the book of Job the most profound and, if such an epithet may be allowed, the most beautiful discussion of the theme, more relevant than ever, in this the most brutal of centuries. Closes with these thoughts. Job is a fireball book. It is staggeringly honest. It is a book that knows what people actually say and think.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, You can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, Back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: For a moment, he lost concentration on the text as he realized that one of them, some years ago, had lost his wife in a car accident in the first year of their marriage. The second was bringing up a seriously handicapped daughter. The third had broken his neck and had come within two millimeters of total paralysis or death six years previously. The fourth pastor had undergone repeated radical surgeries that changed his life. As his concentration returned to the text of Job, he thought, this book is not merely academic. It's both about people and for people who know suffering. Robert Gordas writes, the ubiquity of evil and, and its apparent triumph everywhere gives particular urgency to the most agonizing riddle of human existence, the problem of evil, which is the crucial issue in biblical faith. He calls the book of Job the most profound and, if such an epithet may be allowed, the most beautiful discussion of the theme, more relevant than ever, in this the most brutal of centuries. He closes with these thoughts. Job is a fireball book. It is staggeringly honest. It is a book that knows what people actually say and think, not just what they say publicly in church. It knows what people say behind closed doors and in whispers, and it knows what we say in our tears. It is not merely an academic book. If we listen to it carefully, it will touch us, it will trouble us, and it will unsettle us at a deep level. Well said. In James, when James is talking about unjust suffering on behalf of the rich against the poor, people who are not even getting their wages when they deserve them, He goes on to this example of Job, and he says, As an example, James 5.10, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets, James 5.10, who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is what? He is full of compassion. And merciful. Would you note that in light of the book of Job, which we do know as we look at Job, we, I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago and he was like, I'm wrestling with the book of Job, man. How could God allow this? What's really going on? And I just want you to see as we dig out and wrestle with some of these questions that James says that when you think about Job, you need to see his endurance and then see the outcome of the Lord's dealings with him, that the Lord is full of compassion. The Lord is merciful. Would you all turn to the book of Job? The Lord is full of compassion. The Lord is merciful. Even when he allows you to suffer, it doesn't mean he doesn't care. The suffering that he doesn't lift doesn't mean he doesn't care. Now, I would like every time I pray about something instantaneously, I would like to be healed. I'd like my situation changed. I would like the Lord to deliver me. But I've learned something from 1 Corinthians 10 and really the rest of the Bible that the Lord doesn't always remove my suffering and pain, but he promises to walk with me through it. Now, there are times when he does graciously touch me, and I I don't know how many times um, he has extended his hand of grace and gotten me out of situations and touched my body You know, medical doctors and scientists say it's a wonder that our bodies work as well as they do, given all the complexity of our bodies and everything that has to work right to make you be able to think and all the complexity of your internal organs and things that you don't even think about every day. So it's a miracle every day we should be waking up just saying, thank you, Lord, that I can see outside these eyes that you gave me and hear and talk and think and eat and participate and reason and see beauty, and create, and all these things that God uh, gives us every single day. But the book of Job will confront us with the problem of evil. Uh, Sunday afternoon, I was not aware of this story, and I watch a fair amount of the news, and I do, you know, follow a lot of things. I was made aware of an eight-year-old boy in our city who uh, went missing, and I guess this has been going on for a while. I'm not sure why I didn't hear about it, but uh, he he went missing, and uh, he's he's eight years old. And now, the father is being um, I guess he was try he was in court today, accused of um, torture and murder of an eight-year-old boy. And they have delved into the case and found that he went to I think a local home Home Depot or something and bought acid and other you know uh, you can get the heinous details that are coming out. And he's He's said that he's innocent, uh, as I read a news article today. And his wife uh, is being charged for endangering a child because apparently he has an abusive, the father has an abusive past towards this young man. And if indeed this eight-year-old boy is dead in our own city, uh, just, you know, coming out now in the news, each of us can now, you know, I hear this three days before we begin a series in the book of Job. And we all can say, well, there it is right there. there. There's the why question. An eight-year-old boy. Why? And where were you, God? And why do you allow stuff like this? And and, and what's the outcome of, of these types of things? And where do we find answers and hope? We we certainly, I, I know you're all you're all intelligent people, and, and you don't want pie in the sky answers. You don't want to just Say well, I'm, I'm going to believe the Bible despite the facts. But but look, the truth of the matter is the Bible doesn't hide the problem of evil. It tells us the source of evil. It tells us why we have the problems we have, and we are in a fallen world. And I could go on and on about you know pediatric uh, cancer patients, and I could talk to you about you know inexplicable school shootings and little kids that were shot in a kindergarten class around Christmas time just a few years back, and So many stories, you all have your personal stories of family members that even now are going through inexplicable suffering. And the why question does hang over this world and over our lives. And some atheists have just decided that what their answer is going to be is that the universe is just a random pitiless place and all that happens is based upon DNA and whether you got good genes or good luck or whatever they call it, and some people get lucky and other people get sick and die, and it's just the roll of the dice of a random universe who could care less about whether you're here or not. That's their answer. And if that is the answer, then I'm going to say to you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. And I don't blame people, and I'm being quite candid with you, who go and try to medicate themselves and escape reality. Because if that's reality, if that's all we got, then I would say maybe that's the best option. But that's not all we got. Because our Savior entered into time and space. He entered into our pain. And that's why I want you to see that this series is called The Problem of Evil, The Power of the Gospel. Because so many people who have come to the end of their lives or to losing a loved one or myriads of issues and many stories that you could think of right now have found their hope in Christ and a hope that is beyond just this world, a hope that moves us into eternity. And if you're not a Christian tonight, I would tell you to come with an open heart and mind Because you may find that Job is going to ask some questions that you've been asking. And he's going to say some things that you've been saying. And, you know, for for many of us, Job's words have been in our mouth before, in one way or the other. And though Job is a righteous and godly man, he's going to say some things that we can all relate to. And so that's what's ahead of us.
0: You've been listening to The Problem of Evil, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job, Chapter 1. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. Please continue listening here because, well, the station is awesome, and you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. On there, you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings in the Book of Psalms, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word.
1: Well, sometimes people read the Book of Job and they're like, "Okay, why why was Satan allowed into heaven, and why this back and forth, and why do they, you know, why is this uh, interchange and this deal struck for lack of a better term?" You know, why would God allow this? Well, it's been said that Satan is ultimately God's Satan. Because remember, Satan is a fallen angel and God created him and is sovereign over him. And so God allowed this. Uh, God has Satan on a leash, if you will. Now, do I understand every aspect of that? No. But it is good to know that Satan is not God's equal on the evil side. Rather, he is a created being who will meet his end one day. And his power is limited. It must first pass through the filter of God's sovereignty and love. And why did God allow Job to go through this? Well, you know, God's purposes are beyond mine, but I will say this. Job is a picture of a greater innocent sufferer coming. His name is Jesus. And that gives us a little bit of a hint of why this was allowed. And that suffering oftentimes uh, shows us things about ourselves and God that we wouldn't have known otherwise. I'm not making light of your suffering. Uh, I want to tell you, if you're suffering right now, my heart goes out to you. I know it's hard. My heart breaks for you. But I pray that the suffering might cause you to lean into God and and realize that this life is short, and help us all to have an eternal perspective. Remember, you can always reach out to us if you have questions or need prayer. We're available to you Tuesday through Friday, normal business hours at eight four four. 48 Truth. Well, there's a women's Bible study at Living Truth Christian Fellowship every Thursday, a morning time at 10 a.m. and an evening time at 6.30 p.m. So for all you ladies, if you're looking for a midweek Bible study, it's held right here at Living Truth in Corona. And if you've been a little bit away from Bible study for a while, they're going through the book of Mark. They would love to have you. Download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can Connect with the church. You can find out information about the Bible study, sign up, all of that with that app, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the red logo with the pillars. God bless you. May he keep you, may he strengthen you, and we'll see you next time.
0: One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations, so praise God. If you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844 48 And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's message in Job chapter one, talking about the problem of evil. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.